get ready for a parenting adventure. Welcome to Little Adventures Parenting and Beyond, the podcast that explores all things family. From child development to mental health, we've got you covered. Join us for a fun and informative discussion with expert guests and real-life parents. Let's go on an adventure. Welcome back to another episode of Little Adventures Parenting and Beyond. We are here with Christy Spencer, owner of Christy J Photography, and she is going to be talking about how she started doing photography sessions to single moms who are escaping domestic violence. Thank you so much for coming, Christy. Thanks for having me. So Christy, what inspired you to start donating photography sessions to single moms? I guess my own personal experience um, from being in a domestic violence marriage for eight years, it gave me the passion and the desire to want to help and do something. But my inspiration came from the people that came around me, strangers or people that barely knew me, and they poured into me and they, uh, they took that step of faith, did kindness, like small kindnesses. Everybody didn't do, you know, each person did something different. One woman in particular, I think she was one of the first. It was the day I had finally decided to leave for good. I was going to pick up my daughter from school at the end of the day, and she was in kindergarten at this point, but we stopped in to say goodbye to her pre-K teacher because we, we, were, we were really close. And her pre-K teacher, she gave me a hug. Her name is Marion Barnes and she is a sweet, <laughs> sweet lady. She gave me a hug and she wrote me a check. And then she looked in her handbag and pulled out all of her cash and handed it to me. Now, I wasn't a stranger, but she didn't know me, know me, like my me at home, you know, yeah. in my personal life necessarily. That was huge. And I was like, no, don't do that. Like, don't do that. Don't give me money. <laughs> her doing that. And then she told me, she said, I know you'll pay it forward someday. And so it's like that always playing in the back of my mind, like, am I paying it forward? Am I doing for others the way that was done for me? And so that's kind of how I live. But yeah, the inspiration is from the people that came around me and showed me that love. That's amazing. I guess maybe give us a little background. Take us back to that day and what brought you, I guess, to leave, if that, if you feel comfortable talking yeah, about that. Uh, so I think what a lot of people don't understand like the misconception of domestic violence you get told just leave just leave you deserve better you could go back to school you can do this there's resources just leave and it's not that simple it's a mindset it's a brainwashing you went from being this carefree probably confident even person to now you're in a relationship with someone who they at the beginning they're all about you you know they're you're their world and they're complimentary and they're great. There might've been red flags, but you, you miss them because the good times Mm -hmm. you fall into their trap. They slowly start tearing you down. And so all those good things that you believed about yourself and all your, the things that made you valuable as a person, they start to slowly diminish until you now see yourself as that person is reflecting you. And so you, you forget who you are. You lose yourself. I have always been like a genuine caring person. He turned me into somebody that I wasn't. And he turned me into someone that I didn't like Mm -hmm. because I was viewing myself through his eyes. And it's such a difficult mindset to overcome. I mean, brainwashing of any type is difficult to overcome. And so I actually left him eight times in the eight years. So at least once a year. And every time I came back, because most of the time I just had family to live with and 
you know, that gets stressful and, you know, then they want to parent your children <laughs> and that gets even more stressful. So, so yeah, like I ended up going back cause I was like, you know what, if I have to deal with stress, I might as well just deal with it. He's paying the bills. He's her father. It's hard on me, but it's better for her probably. So let me just go back and deal with that. Honestly, it's not good for the children because they see it, they hear it. And it took her, she was four and five around that age. And it took her standing up in front of him one day. He was yelling at me in the kitchen and waving his fist in my face. She got up and came in there she stood between us and she said you don't talk to my mama that way and that was wow. huge for me mm-hmm. because I have this five-year-old doing something that I can't mm-hmm. she has a voice and she's not afraid to use it they they can just they don't have a fear and they can point out wrong I admired that in her and I was like wow like you shouldn't be my protector I should be your protector mm-hmm. and it kind of made the wheels start turning on what I needed to do and then I left him one summer when I was 26 I was surrounded by people that just put positivity into me. And I was like, what? And I was like, this is awesome. And they made me feel confident. And for the first time in my life, I started wearing shorts, you know, and that's something very simple. But these people started pouring positivity into me and making me feel confident in myself. And I did end up going back to him again. But I went back with the mindset that I told, I'm very strong in my faith. And I told God, I said, if you want me to leave this man, you have to make a way where I can go live somewhere where I have no family, no friends, no outside influences. This is just you, me, and my daughter. And I can focus on you. I don't have all these people telling me what I should and shouldn't do. I can have a clear mind and I can think because I don't want to keep leaving and coming back. I told God that and when I was 26. And by the time I was 28, 29, my ex-mother-in-law ended up passing away all of a sudden. That's when it hit me that I had no place in that family because I was there for her. And it, it opened the door. My sister's job moved her to North Dakota and it opened up her home here that she still had that she hadn't sold yet. And so it gave us a place to live. So we moved three and a half hours away from her dad to start fresh, start over. That was, that was huge. And that was the break I needed to finally get in that mind space of, I have value. I am worth it. I am not who he says I am. And just pulling your mind out of that muck, if you will. So, so that's very huge. That's why a lot of people, that's why we go back so many times because it, it takes time. And even after I left him, It took me months to mentally be able to deal with walking outside of the door of my house. Like everyone's going to see me. Everyone's going to see everything written on me. You know, that's kind of how I felt. Like they're going to see my baggage, what I went through and they're going to label me. And that's why I don't call myself a survivor or a victim. I don't like labels. The only person that should be labeled is the perpetrator. They're the one that did wrong. Don't label me. You know, it's a process. And I think just understanding, even if you haven't gone through it, understanding that these women, they have to overcome a mindset and just simply telling them like, oh, you can do it doesn't mean that they're going to do it. And and you turning your back on them because they didn't do it when you told them to, that's not the kind of support they need. They need someone that's there. Like I know someone that went, that went through something similar. And I told her, I said, I'm your friend. If you want my advice, I will give it. If you don't, I will not give it. And I also told her, I said, if you stay with him, I support your decision. If you leave him, I support your decision. I am here for you. And that's honestly what they need to be told. It doesn't mean you're going to cater to toxic stuff. It just means I'm a listening ear. And if you're, when you're ready, I'm here for you. And and it's really that simple <laughs> as far as that. Well, I, I like that you brought up all this because so many people have this idea of domestic violence as physical abuse. And it's yeah. not always physical abuse. It's yeah. emotional. It's yes. mental. It's literally just 
your whole being changes. I was in this similar situation. I was with my ex-husband for seven and a half years and you see the red flags, but then the good outshines. And when you're tied to somebody for so long, it's like, okay, well, I don't even know myself anymore. So at this point, how do I get out of that? How do I free myself and start over mentally and emotionally and getting yourself back? And family (laughs) sees things that happen and sometimes they are supportive, but they don't always know the right way to be supportive. Sometimes it is just being a listening ear and saying, okay, when you're ready or if I can help you help yourself, like, tell me how. I think those questions are great for people who know somebody who might be going through that situation that are not ready to leave because when you have bills, when you have a child to take care of, when you have all these things that are financial strains that you might not be able to do on your own, those all need to be taken into consideration as well. So I really appreciate you giving that perspective of it's not just, hey, leave him and it'll be okay. Everything's going to be rainbows (laughs) and sunshine because you're having to get rid of that emotional waste that's all over you. Yeah, people think that it's written on their bodies. Like, I did the same thing I thought people could see when I walked into a room like oh she's got a lot of baggage so I don't know if we want to be friends with her but (laughs) but we're normal humans and unfortunately you know we made a choice and we had to live through that choice and break free from that choice and you can be happy again like you can find that happiness and that joy and for your kids too um so thank you for that with that since you do photography What inspired you to bring that talent to those women? Because everybody loves family pictures and not yeah. everybody can afford them. Um, and as a single mom, yes, sometimes you get child support. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> right. um, sometimes your child support is enough to cover a lot of bread. Get a egg, <laughs> maybe a can of formula if you get that. I don't know. So what inspired you to then bring your talent and almost like give an award to these moms who made this choice? Yeah. And, and honestly, um, I don't even want to look at it as giving a reward an award because when I was going through it, and I still am, I'm a very proud person. And, and a lot of these women, a lot of people are proud and we don't, it's hard for us to accept things. I don't ever want them to feel like, oh, look what I'm doing for you to realize they deserve it and, and they're valued. And, um, and I'm just a little part of their story. And I'm the one that's lucky to be a part of their story. Like all these people were a part of mine. And so that's kind of how I like to look at it. I'm a little bit of an entrepreneur. <laughs> like I had an online boutique for a little while. And so everything I do though, um, goes back to how can I help a single mom, whether she is from domestic violence. I mean, that's, you know, my story, just, and just a single mom who's trying to get on her feet. There's a lot of stay at home moms who end up being single moms, you know, and they have to figure out, Oh, I've got to go get a job and I don't have a lot of experience. So just finding ways to just help single moms, like doing them a favor or like uh, pictures or whatever, I'm just helping them by showing them that kindness. So it's just my way of giving back and showing them love, showing them their value, their seen they're heard so yeah I guess that's kind of what what drives me like everything I do is all about how can I help a single mom to get to where hopefully above where I am now (laughs) but um but if you if I tell people all the time like it's so cliche when you are standing there and there's this motivational speaker and they're like I can do it you can do it and I'm like oh don't say that to me (laughs) but now I'm that person I was the quietest biggest pushover I mean my older sister she is shocked that I'm able to share my story and freely talk about 
about it because when she knew me, because they take you away from your family. So I was quiet. I was overly submissive. Like I was just whatever. And now I'm outspoken. You know, my husband hates it <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like I have a voice. And, and I feel like we should be talking about these things and not shoving them under the rug. It's very important to talk about these things because you never know who you're going to help. You probably won't help everybody. But if, if you help one person, that's that's enough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of how I look at it. <laughs> I like, yeah, that's, that's amazing. Great. How do you approach these photography sessions to ensure that the single moms feel comfortable and empowered through this experience? Because I know how you were talking, how you felt like there were labels on you. You felt like everybody could see your baggage. How do you let them see themselves in the most beautiful form that they are themselves? Just because I'm a photographer. So if we're talking about photography in the sessions, just because I'm a photographer does not give me the right to be like, oh, here, let me move this. Let me fix your necklace. I'm going to put my hands all over you to make you look perfect. That just being a photographer doesn't give me that right to invade your personal space. And so I treat everyone, whether it's a single mom or just a family in general, I treat everyone with the same respect. You do especially want to go into that mindset when you're dealing with women and children that have come out of domestic violence, they haven't had a voice. And it's important for me to make sure during that session that, hey, I ask permission before I touch you. If before I move your hair, before I adjust your jewelry, before I say, hey, can you scoot over a little bit? Like mm -hmm. if, and if you're like, I'll, if they just do it themselves, they, that's good. But I, I never just assume it's a whole respect thing. Like I want those children to know, hey, I deserve to be asked. Um, I want the mom to know, hey, I am able to have a voice. I'm able to be heard. I'm able to say no. And that's huge. And so I always try to create that space for them to feel comfortable with me and to know that I'm not going to cross boundaries and that I allowing them in that moment to have the freedoms that they did not have before. One of the things I try to do to make them feel comfortable, just respect where they came from, because yeah, like I said, they weren't, they weren't valued. They weren't respected. They weren't heard. And so just giving them that platform to have a voice in that moment. Have you noticed any um, specific transformation or changes in the confidence and self-esteem of the moms that you've worked with after they've received their photos by you? And um, do you want to share um, how it's impacted their journey toward building a new life? The, the photos are not a reflection of what I'm doing for them. It's a reflection of their story and their strength. When when they see them and put them up in their home, it gives them like, it makes them feel safe. It makes them feel like this is a home and, and it helps them to see the bigger picture, no pun intended, but it, it helps them to see the bigger picture of this is what I'm working towards. Like this is, they see their children in a picture on the wall. Yes, they see them around them, but when your kids aren't there, when you have to share custody, because unfortunately, you do have to send them back without you um, for visitation and things. And so when they're not there, it gets lonely and it gets, you're sad and it can be really depressing. And so just seeing those pictures of your children on the wall, I mean, like, this is why I'm doing this. And it just keeps you mentally going when you feel like you have no strength left. And so it's, it's a small part of the process but it is a part nonetheless that that helps. And it's, it's an extra that most people wouldn't think of. Something as simple as photos, a lot of us are like, oh, that's a luxury, you know, we just put out money for photos. Um, but for a single mom, like school photos, like I, I, that's when I first picked up a camera was when I became a single mom and I could not afford school photos for my daughter. So I, my, my ex-father-in-law actually bought me a camera before I left and I didn't really do a whole lot with it. But when I left, I was like, oh, I can't afford these photos. 
And so I started taking them myself of my daughter. And so just being able to provide that for other moms and like, so, so they don't have to feel bad. Oh, you know what? I didn't pay the school to get school photos. I don't have to feel bad because they can come to me Mm -hmm. and I can do it and they can have a background. Their kids can dress up in a costume if they want. Like I do themed photos for my daughter and it just makes it more fun and it it makes it them. And I don't, I I love being able to offer that to them and give them that experience. I love that. Yeah. Cause no, go ahead. Cause that actually, it's funny that you mentioned that about the school photos because TJ, my my oldest, he's seven. We got school photos, but I only got the digitals because I like to print them out on canvas and stuff yeah. like that. And like I have a certain decor in my house that I like to to stay with. Um, I do I love photos, but he was he was so sad that everybody else got like the packets of school uh-huh. photos, and he was like, "Mom, you didn't get school photos of me." And I was like, "Oh no, baby, I did." We just, we're going to print them out ourselves. Yeah. Because I also do not want to shell a hundred something dollars for a five by, yeah. No, right. Not yeah. doing that. <laughs> but he, it was, so you can see how that would even affect the kids to know that, yeah, maybe I couldn't afford school photos. Yeah. But now we're going to go take school photos and make it super special for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I did, I saw that on him. He was like, he was very sad that he didn't get a packet of school photos because I didn't tell him that. Yeah. I did school photos. Yeah. Even, even the children, it's like a joy for them that they have a special photo they get to do and oh yeah my daughter loves it she does her own themes and um we do one for her birthday actually instead of school photos um because i homeschool now but we do a a photo shoot for her birthday every year and she picks the theme she does her own poses and that's so so, yeah and i'm like i i want to offer this to children coming out of situations like that because yeah they get to be them they get to express themselves and school photos you know they're all the same every kid has the same background the same thing and you're all just like the same poses and y'all just have to smile and you know but doing them like at a park or somewhere fun and they get to just dress how they want and they can play and all just take pictures they can do whatever and it's it's a fun experience um just being able to give that to them and their moms you know and i think it's really cool to see kids in their raw element. Yes. I mean, because even like when we do photos, we're all matching. We all have the same yep. <laughs> outfits and we have the same color scheme. And I'm like, you have to do this, you have to wear this, you have to wear that. Mm-hmm. But for them to be able to have a moment where they can just be raw and real and wear the stuff that doesn't match because it makes them feel good. <laughs> yeah. That's it. TJ wanted to wear the same blue top and bottom today. And I was just like, oh, yeah. no, that's, maybe that doesn't match. But, like, it's it's him. That's a, he, how he wants to express himself and stuff like yeah. that. So I think that's really cool that you're able to provide that for so many people. So do you get to know the families beforehand and then kind of tailor the session to that? Or do you kind of just wait till the day of and then see what, what they're feeling for that day? How does that So I like to treat everyone the same, whether it's a paying client or, or a single mom who is getting a free session. I don't like them to feel like they're not a client. Everyone gets the same treatment. I talk to them beforehand. Hey, what, what style do you want? Do you have a theme in mind? Do you like, if you want to do, if your kids want to do costumes or whatever it is, you know, do you have a location you like? So I, I get these things out of the way. And then I tell them, hey, feel free to bring ideas, uh, screenshots, whatever. I said, I bring my own, but I always tell them, bring bring some of yours. And then once we get there, the kids will be like, oh, hey, I want to try this. Or the mom <laughs> might be like, hey, can we try this? You know, whatever. And so I'm like, yes, 
and, and once again, it goes back to giving them a voice and giving them yeah. control over a situation that is about them. And that that's huge to make sure that they get to do that. They get to be a part. I'm just the person behind the camera that is lucky to be in their life in this moment. So this is all about them. And I'm just capturing it. <laughs> that's really cool. Have there been any families that have like continued to not just like single sessions, but they kind of, you've captured their journey through life afterwards? So yes, there's one family, I, which actually she's my best friend. We both went through bad marriages. She was actually, it's funny because we met five or six years ago. I was a single mom. She was married. Um, and we both said, Hey, I told her, I was like, wait for me and we can have babies together. Like, you know, you and your husband, but then she divorced him. And then I had found my husband now. She was like, Hey, wait for me, you know, <laughs> so we can have babies together and um, my husband and I we, we were like we're done because she's like in her 20s we're in our we were in our 30s I'm still in my 30s thankfully but um, <laughs> finally and it was not planned our babies are three months apart so we oh, both had babies last so year cool. yeah so we spoke it into existence like five or six years ago <laughs> when we first met now as of last year like we both have we both had babies last year so that's so <laughs> that's cool funny. yeah so I've been there for her engagement to her, her new husband. Um, I've been there for, oh my goodness, uh, just everything. The, the baby, the the baby reveal, <laughs> um, all the things and their family pictures. So I've been able to be there for her um, through this whole time. So yeah, that was, that's been fun. It's really special. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's fun to watch families grow. And stuff oh like yeah. That. Yeah. So how do you, I guess, find your clients or find your moms for those special photos normally have just taken it upon myself in the past like when I meet people like oh hey you know like I hear their story like let me do something for you but now that I'm trying to I guess be more business like mm -hmm. <laughs> when I when I tell my clients I'm all about integrity and accountability and so if I tell my client like or, or make a post a promotional post like I actually did in the mom's groups like this is part of my story this is what I'm doing and for every um, 10 sessions that I sell I'm donating one I actually would love to partner with a nonprofit so that they can bring the moms to me so that I can tell my my paying clients like, hey, I am keeping my word. This is where it's going. Like these moms, like real moms are getting these sessions. And, and I know I don't really have to owe that to people, but it's just part of me. There's so many scammers out there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's just me having that accountability with my clients. Like, hey, you know what? You, you did this. And I am keeping my part of this promise. So I really, I'm looking for a nonprofit to partner with so that they can bring me <laughs> moms to like, I mean, you guys meet a lot of moms. So like you kind of, and I'm sure a lot of the same moms come to your events. So you'll, you'll learn their stories and just different things. And like, that's what I want. I want the people who know the moms and have learned their story and to be like, Hey, I think this mom would be a great fit. Like she could really use some love right now. You know, like that's what I want because, and honestly it brings consistency, like constant moms to me mm -hmm. versus me having to wait around till I meet one. That's how I'm hoping to move forward with it. That's really neat. <laughs> so, yeah. And it's an amazing way to give back. Oh like, yeah. It's yeah. cause that's what, that's kind of why we did all this is to give back and to give people a voice and to, you know, just make that sense of community and family. And yeah. I think it's so important. 
Oh yeah. How do you envision your work evolving or expanding into the future? My goals for the future partner with a nonprofit Mm -hmm. for the future and not far future partner with women's shelters. If they feel comfortable with me, like I want to go in, I want to hear their stories and I want to find out what the needs are. And so I can speak about, Hey, these are the needs, you know, Um, because a lot of women's shelters, they're nonprofits and they get funded or donated to by the government or other organizations. And so just learning the needs, not every um, women's shelter is able to provide the same things. A lot of, and and most of them, you're only allowed to be there for so much time and then you're back out, which is why so many women end up going back because they want a roof over their children's heads. So they go back to the situation. Being able to go to women's shelters and meet the women, talk to the women, encourage them, find out the needs of the shelter and just get in there. And then my dream session, <laughs> I have a dream session. I've thought about it for years. I would love to get a group of like five or six women who have come through the domestic violence situation are on the other side, just different backgrounds, different ethnicities, like just different women, but they all share that one thing in common and do a photo shoot with them. And they don't have to match. They can wear their personality, you know, but just do it one with them coming together and just showing, capturing their, their resilience, their, um, their beauty and their strength. That's amazing. And showing that to other women, um, Cause I think it, it's huge when you're going through it, you tell yourself, there's no way you're getting out. But once you get out and once you get to where I am now, you're like, wow, how did I stay in that so long? Right. <laughs> you know? And then you, you, you have this great desire to be like, I don't want anyone else to stay there that long. Like, come on, yeah. let's go. <laughs> that, that'd be an amazing photo shoot. Yeah. I will, cannot wait to see that photo. <laughs> yeah. That would be powerful, especially in women's history month. Oh yeah. Like, such a good, like, yeah tie it in, empower women and confidence and rebuilding yourself. Yes, I need to write that down. <laughs> so how can other photographers or individuals with similar skill sets um, contribute to your cause of supporting single moms? And are there ways for photographers to get involved or collaborate with you in making a difference? So everyone has something that they're passionate about. Um, everyone doesn't have my story. So every so other photographers, they might not be driven by the same thing I'm driven by, but they might be passionate about cause. Um, so I would just say to other photographers, like, hey, if you're passionate about single moms, if you're passionate about rescuing dogs or whatever it is, whatever your passion is, children, pets, whatever, go with that. Give back because more than likely somebody gave it to you, even if it was just a compliment, you know? Yeah, like I said earlier, like every... Every bit of kindness affects somebody somewhere. And like the children, you know, in, in the situations that I'm working with, the moms, the children, if it it's going to either affect the mom or the child or both. And that child, children see and hear everything. And so when they grow up, if, if I doing this one small thing inspired them to be a good parent or a good spouse or even the president, you know, if it inspired them to do good, then I've accomplished what I set out to do. As far as other photographers, I would just say like, follow your passion and find an area where you can give back. There are a couple photographers, one I know, one I've never met, <laughs> but they both have been in inspired by my story. And so they do give back to single moms and they do the same thing. They give sessions to single moms. And this has been going on for a few years now that they've been doing this. One mom is a military wife. And so she has given sessions to moms in Mississippi, Colorado, like wherever she goes, she's able to donate. So, so me, my story has impacted other people to give back to other people. So, so (laughs) that's why it's like, it's important to share your story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether, whether I give back or not, 
your story is important and it could inspire someone else to give back and they're it's it's like spreading and so that's it's very important yeah I would love to collaborate with other photographers it's fun (laughs) the women's photo shoot would be fun collaborate with other photographers and um, just do that and just and just spread it you know earlier like domestic violence is not something that it's becoming more talked about but I think it's getting kind of foggy over it because there's so much other stuff going on right now and so just stuff that you know and just going going through it it's it doesn't just happen to to poor moms or stay-at-home moms or or moms who aren't married it it happens to i didn't have a big fancy house with my husband we were one family income and he didn't pay the my ex-husband he didn't pay the bills most of the time (laughs) he spent his money on his things i know another woman who went through the same thing and she lived in a half million dollar house so Domestic violence doesn't, oh, you're this type of person or you're, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it affects people that you don't even realize it's affecting. And so it's important to talk about it and to share and, you know, and come together and be like, we're not going to tolerate that anymore. You know, Um, I know a lot of people think that domestic violence is being hit. Yeah. And when you think of domestic violence, that's what you think of. Yeah. But domestic violence is, you know, verbal abuse. Yeah. It could be financial abuse where they're withholding money from you so yeah. that you, you know, you have to approve, they have to approve your purchases or you only get this much money at a time. I mean, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they, I feel like a lot of women don't see it until you're on the way out. Like I had a friend who was in a very bad abusive marriage and she didn't, until she was out, until she was able to like step back and see, like I saw it, but again, I had to be supportive. I'm like, yeah. well, if, if I disagree with him, then he's going to cut you away from me. Yeah. So I just have to play on this game to make sure that you're safe. Exactly. And so we were all best friends because that's what I have to be to be there for her. And when she finally was able to remove herself from the situation, he had a financial grip on her and he was verbally abusive. And like all those ways that you don't, she never saw anything wrong with it. She just thought that's how relationships were. Yeah. And it was just, it's it's scary that they can be so good that you don't even know you're in. Yeah. You know, they have that financial hold on you. I had to, when I had finally decided to leave, I had to find little odd jobs for my friends behind his back and go do them just to earn money to to leave. That was nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I totally get it. And there's you like to open your own bank account. Oh yeah, yeah. I had I did that as well. Um, and thankfully, um, some banks do the online banking, so you don't have a bank statement coming to the house. So mm-hmm. that helps hugely. I mean, it's neglect. It's like you know, my ex husband. He would spend all his money on cigarettes, and then. If he had anything left, he would buy my daughter a pack of Oreos to eat for dinner, breakfast, lunch, whatever. And I would get nothing. It's that kind of abuse. It's, yeah. it's all kind. So, and I think a lot of times like we're raised, well, I was raised by an older generation parents. My parents are in their seventies. And so just that mindset of, you know, submit and the husband is the head and you feel like you're a bad person if you're not listening to your husband. And if, you know, if you rock the boat or, you know, speak up like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. And maybe it's my fault. It's my fault that he's treating me this way. And it's like, no, no, it's not. It, no matter what you do, there is nothing you could ever do to deserve to be treated that way even if you're in the wrong you don't deserve to be treated that way you're you deserve to be talked to and said hey you know like just like a normal person like you don't deserve to be trampled over and and talked down to yeah I don't know (laughs) just being there to support these women as much as possible and and letting them know that they're heard and they're valued because that's that's huge yeah 
And getting rid of that stigma of divorce. Oh, yeah. I think that's yeah. the hardest part, too, if you get married young. Like, I mean, I, yeah. was, I separated at 26. So, yeah. like, having that, I was the only one in my family who got yep, divorced. Same. So, you know, it's like <laughs> yep. having that over your head, too. Like, it's okay to be a divorced young person. If, yeah. If you need to be, that's yeah. to, to mentally be okay, then that's what you need to do. Yeah. Um, so I think that's important to, for people to know, like, it's okay, even if you're married, to leave a situation that's like that. Yeah. I think that that was a huge part of realizing my freedom when I left was that, hey, you know what? I do not have to pick up the phone if somebody calls me and I don't feel like talking. If I know that someone in my family is going to call me and recommend a marriage book, I don't have to pick up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're in another state. What yeah. are they going to do? You know? And so it was very important for me to like be, to have that space, that headspace just on my own and not have other influences to where I could just think clearly and make my own decisions. And you got to weed out what influences are there to help you. And, and some people, they don't realize that they're not being helpful with some of the advice or giving you marriage books, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it's definitely something that you should leave. You should never stay. Um, but it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you have, you have to, it's important to have people come around you. Um, when you finally take that step, it's important to have people come around you and, um, and show you support. It's amazing what you've been able to overcome and what you've been able to do. And then what, I guess, what inspired you to become a photographer? So, have you always done it or no. always like to do it? <laughs> so, um, no, <laughs> I've always loved sales and retail and, and helping women find clothes that make them feel confident and beautiful because that is a big part of the whole dem- the abuse thing in general mm-hmm. um, is, you know, you feel, don't feel great about yourself. And so, so I've always gravitated and that's why I had that boutique for a couple of years. I was like, I want to be able to, you know, confidently speak into women and help them look their best and feel their best. I did all my own photography for the models during that time and for my products and all that. Um, I love business branding and photography. It's fun, but because I'd already done it and I already had the camera and I had been starting, I did my, had been doing my daughter's photos for years. And then I've done other people's. I was like, let's just make this into a business, like an official business. <laughs> and, and I can still give back to mom. So by having it be official and by other people seeing my mission and being like, Hey, you know what? We're going to get a session. And we love that our session helps give back to someone else. So I was like, let's, let's do this because you know, I'm able to help more. That's really cool. <laughs> So if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would you leave them with? And then how could they find you if they wanted more information about your photography sessions? Um, the one thing I want to leave this world with is having an impact on one person. It can spread like wildfire. One person, that one person, you know, it just it just goes on. So that is usually my one piece of advice to anybody. I don't know. <laughs> That's it's, it's simple. It sounds simple. And it is simple. It's simple to just be kind. So I like to live by the golden rule, do unto others as you have them do unto you. Whether I get treated that way back or not, I, I still practice that. Um, being kind, even if it's something out of the ordinary, something that you wouldn't normally do. Like I don't usually just give money or whatever to people on the side of the street. But once in a while, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do it today. You know, I make sure I have it <laughs> in my purse because um, I know we don't carry cash a lot. But it's like, if I have it, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it today. I don't know what they're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to ask questions. And I'm not going to tell myself they're a scammer. I'm just out of the goodness of my heart and the trust that I have, I'm going to do something good for someone else and not expect anything in return. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we need in the world is people that um, give without expecting. And then um, as far as how to contact me, 
So I'm on Facebook um, at Christy J Photography, but I'm also on Instagram at Christy J Photo, I believe. <laughs> we'll link all your social okay. channels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can find me there. There. I have a website. Feel free to send me a message on Messenger or through Instagram. Um, and I respond like usually right as soon as it pops up. Um, if I'm by my phone. Like I said, I love working with businesses and doing their branding and um, doing photography for them. As a result of doing like business photography and things like it and, and family photos as well and weddings and things like I, but um, it, it gives me the opportunity to be able to give back, but it's also them giving back as well mm -hmm. because they know, hey, me booking her is giving back. So we're both giving back. And so I, I like that. Um, yeah. And I like to be able to give that to them. Like, this is a way that you can give back. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. And I love talking to you and hearing your story. Yes. Yeah. Thank, thank you so you much. Again. Oh, thank you.